Hello, and welcome to episode 128 of Flicks in the Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo. With me, forever and always, the man, the myth, the constable, Alessandro Bielsi. Say hello, Al. I was embarrassed to only a few days ago learn that Orida potatoes are named for Oregon and Idaho potatoes. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> I still don't know that. Well, now you do. On this week's episode, <laughs> a Star War, light musings, and other ramblings, all before diving into our flick of the week, the interview. Not that one. But first, Al, <laughs> what are we drinking? Yeah, almost certainly not the one you're thinking of. And if you are thinking of this one, you know what? Kudos. Yeah, I guess so. Um, we're drinking Shiner Wicked Juicy IPA from Spetzel Brewery. In Should have probably done another Boondock Saints with this one. What's that? Just because of Wicked. Oh. Um, You're Wicked Smart. <laughs> <laughs> it's from Shiner, Texas. Um, 77984 area code, I believe. Or zip code, I believe. Um, every All drop right. of Shiner is brewed in Shiner, Texas. Enjoy Shiner beer. This dry hopped and unfiltered IPA is bursting with a rush of tropical hops for a bright, juicy kick. 12 fluid ounces, 5.7% alcohol by volume, 60 IBUs. Um, I believe that smell that I said, whoa, when I opened it, because I opened Uh it slightly before you. I believe I was smelling the tropical fruits. Yeah, I can see that. I want to say... Like mango and papaya is what I smelled, and it's been a, a very long time since I've had a papaya, and that's probably why I struggled <laughs> to identify it at first. What about guava? Oh, I don't believe I've. I think I've had guava juice in, like mixed in with <laughs> other juice, but I've never had guava on its own. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I've had a the 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 rock star that I used to drink before I learned um, how terrible it was for you. Uh, was what? guava? You keep- and it was amazing. Wait, they made a guava flavored energy drink, dude. It was so good. It I was had, a purple can. I had heard that Rockstar actually used to have really good flavors. I don't know if they still do or not. Yeah, they did. It's funny. Purple I can this, and green can, delicious cans. I literally am only familiar with the white and black cans. It's funny because I had this conversation with someone the hmm. other the other day about Rockstar because, like, around let's call it two thousand three, Rockstar. It was the year 2003. (laughs) Rockstar owned the energy market. I had never heard of Red Bull, I don't think, at that point. Monster Mm. was really just kind of coming onto the the scene nationally. Uh, Rockstar was the energy drink, wasn't it? Yeah. uh, I don't remember. I kind of of remember maybe Monster being first, but if not, it was close second. It may have been first, but I feel like Rockstar had better like public awareness like it was well rockstar was very in your face about themselves yeah well i'm saying rockstar was in every movie and tv show from that time period right and it was also like they sponsored every concert i ever went to yeah that too (laughs) that's what i'm saying but they uh, were the drink yeah me and uh me and chris used to get this purple one and it was so good uh we always described it as sexy in a can um because it was the sexiest drink we could find okay and it was so good so delicious and uh really like really got the juices flowing it's uh that's that's the first couple times you have it then you start to realize it has no effect on you anymore and you're like oh boy i am too used to this drink that's not great and then you're just having it because you want it and it's not doing anything for you and it's like i don't know 10 30 on a weeknight you're drinking a rock star and then you're just going to sleep <laughs> and, and you realize you've made some terrible life choices <laughs> but i had um 
I had this one instance where I was really, really into Guitar Hero. I think it was two. And I uh, I was pounding the Purple Rockstar. Nice. And uh, it was the first time that I 100%ed a song on Expert. Nice. Or whatever the top one is. And I, I was just like, it's all you. It's all you, sexy in a can. <laughs> so good. Uh, but yeah, the last time I had one of those was on a work trip to D.C., where we used to have our, um, we used to go, well, we weren't in DC, it was with the DC crew, but uh, those people knew how to party. Like you would, it's like the, we would have meetings all day and then it would just be a nonstop party until the next morning when we would all be back in another meeting and nobody was prepared for it because (laughs) everybody was out the night before. But that was the last time that I had one. And, uh, because like I found it, and like for the longest time it was gone. The purple can couldn't be found, and I found it. I was so excited, sent a picture to Chris. I was like, "Dude, it does exist. <laughs> it wasn't just in our imagination. It was just uh, one that was left around from five years earlier." <laughs> oh, it tasted that way. And <laughs> I don't know if that's just because that's how it tastes, or <laughs> or if it actually was from that far long ago. But uh, man, they'll get you. That 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 got me through one of their crazy nights after another two days of meetings. Before I was going to say, so. you, you, I mean, I, I could see you being an energy drink guy back then, like not mm-hmm. back then from DC. Cause that's what within the last two or three years. Sure. Um, but I could see you being like high school, like college being an energy drink guy. But for most of the oh, last yeah. five, six years, I could never see you going anywhere near one. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. The, uh, it college definitely, uh, there was one, that's one. there was a refrigerator in the student lounge that would occasionally have purple can. I bought all of them one day because I was like, they, because this was around the time where they were starting to get harder and harder to find. Ah. Uh, and I bought them all. I just figured I would take them with me, you know, and then I'd have them. I put them in the fridge. Yeah. And then I could grab one whenever I want. I drink like two that day. And that's a lot. Uh, one is a lot in a day. <laughs> and I'd add two. I was flying. <laughs> uh, I was, you know, I was just thinking back to, I guess it wasn't that long ago, but there was one New Year's when you tried to make Red Bull and Vodka a thing for that night. Oh, did not try. Uh, we did it. Uh, Jay was there. Well, you it made it a thing. A it was just a thing I rebelled against because I can't stand sure. Red Bull. And I well, can't stand fair. vodka. So. You, you mixed two of my least favorite things to consume into one drink. So it was never uh, going to work for me. For, for the record, it was grape vodka. And uh, it was, I mean, terrible. I thought it was cherry like, vodka. We had, that, we had cherry vodka also, but the grape was the one that uh, Jay and I would drink. Sounds terrible. Uh, it was, and I don't, I don't like vodka either. So I don't know what that was about. It was terrible. Ter- absolutely terrible. That's, a, that's just a, a recipe for disaster. Yeah. It's just like uppers and downers in one glass, just <laughs> putting you on the floor. Oh man! And it it tastes like it tastes like if well I don't know it, it's 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 all sugar. You basically take a sip of it and it's like you're drinking the gran like you feel the granulated sugar pouring down <laughs> your throat. It's horrible. Uh, First of all, let's, let's don't be clear. do this. There's no granulation. That is pure <laughs> fructose corn syrup. Um, oh my god! Wait, hang on. Two more. Two more energy drink stories. First off, 
Chris used to find all these random ones, and when he would try them out, if they were decent, he would give me one. So that's how we came across Purple Can. That's how uh, we came across Green Can, which is also very good. And then uh, I don't know what these flavors were actually called. I, the purple one was definitely guava. But then he came th- to me with this imported monster, and I was like, what is going on here? And, I, and then it like, became very clear to me, like, Chris was, like, the closest thing to a drug dealer that I was dealing with. <laughs> And he would just have these goods and services that were imported. And <laughs> he gave me this one monster drink that has a little tab on the top. It's got this fancy little, uh, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's not like a regular like can with a pop tab. There's like a twisty thing on it and you slide it over to the side and you hear the can like crunch and open underneath. Very bizarre. You could reseal it. There's a resealable can. Was it Game Fuel? No, it was Monster Import. Because <laughs> GameFuel has the resealable tab. Very weird. Actually, I believe they brand it as resealable technology, which actually kind of makes, oh. makes me mad a little bit. Naturally. Uh, that one was also pretty good. So of the of the energy drinks that you shouldn't be drinking, there's three. It, uh, th- it, it reminded me of it reminds me of the episode of Archer where they can't break down this door. I think it's on the a space station. They go to a space station for two episodes and the people they're fighting they with on the other side, they like they lock the door, and the guy goes, "What is this door made of mithril?" And <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah." And then the superior comes, and you know, what the hell is going on? Why isn't this door open yet? He goes, ah, "It's impossible to break. It's made with some sort of dwarven technology." <laughs> and <he's, laughs> he starts beating the shit up. He says, "Say dwarven technology one more time." <laughs> oh God. Uh, the the final energy drink story that I need to tell you is I, I I'm pretty sure that I brought it up on the show before but uh, I'm not certain there was a, a it was years ago we went to also Chris Chris is involved in all of my energy drink stories we went to <laughs> uh, an Ozfest on Randall's Island and they were it was sponsored by Red Bull and they were giving away free Red Bull and they ran out of water. <laughs> so it was a nightmare <laughs> like All it was I just was Red Bull. <laughs> it's extremely energized dehydration like I don't know how to <laughs> it was it was horrible I've never felt so terrible than I did the day after that this dehydration is making me slothful but this caffeine <laughs> is making me not. <laughs> <laughs> and they all, and all at once, their hearts exploded. <laughs> yeah. See, it's funny, because just as I was saying, as I was thinking, you know, I can't really see Anthony drinking energy drinks. I also, now that you've mentioned it, think I can only see Chris drinking energy drinks. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. All right. Uh, we've rambled long enough without trying this thing. So we give this beer a taste. Yes. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, it smells delightful. I'm not even going to sip it. I'm just going to keep sniffing it. My only issue with this beer, and I have, I've already had this one, is that it does, it does smell delightful. And for whatever reason, the taste doesn't seem to match those smells to me. I don't know if maybe the I'm taste broken. Matches. It's just that <laughs> it smells so aggressively of tropical fruit, mm. but it tastes only a hint of tropical fruit. Yeah. It's almost entirely nose. It's it's very strange, but uh, well, it's that, good. This is something that happens when you dry hop beers, and this is probably the right beer to, to talk about that specific phenomenon. Mm. Where uh, I mentioned it when a few weeks ago. Oh, you and Caleb were asking me about some of those like specifics of like how hops work in beer, right. and I said, you know, oh, the ones you put at the beginning is the bitterness, and this one I think is a little bit out of whack. The bitterness I think is a little bit too much for the level of malt that it has. 
Sure. I feel it like the residual bitterness just kind of sitting on my palate. Okay. Um, and then, you know, ones towards the end of the boil, contri- you impart a lot of flavor, the hop flavor to the beer. And one's done post-boil slash during pre uh, during um, the fermentation, like a dry hopping in fermentation. But even one's done at knockout when you cut the heat and you put them in and the temperature is now starting to fall below boiling. It can still activate some of the alpha acids at that point, but not very mm. much of it. It's almost entirely aroma. And this one, these hops not smelling, you know, like quote unquote hop, like traditional IPA, like four C's American hops, like mm-hmm. smell. This is a good one to, to, you know, examine that where you don't really taste much of the tropical, but you smell it very aggressively. And right. that's from post boil hop additions. Hmm. Very cool. Very cool. It, it's we, few and far between. Do we get the beer insights like this? We gotta. It, it's flicks in a six, but it's it's the the six is becoming more and more of an afterthought. <laughs> well, actually, I feel like we've gone the opposite direction in some of the recent months. I think mm. we've actually spent more time talking about beer at times because we're drinking more of them during the show. <laughs> well, there's that too, but I mean, even in our like opening. That's fair thing you know part of it is you know when we came up with the name the original what thought was we were going to sit down and have like a few beers and talk about a few movies for one hour now we talk about one movie kind of and one beer kind of and many 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 other things and it's for more than one hour like a lot more yeah it should be flicks and a six and nuggets (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the title's too unwieldy There, there's something there. There's something we'll, we'll, we'll workshop it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, anyway, what do you give this guy? This is this is a solid beer. Um, I feel like you would give this one thumb, probably, mm-hmm. if I had to guess. Mm-hmm. This is solid. Absolutely. I, I would drink this. It is a little bit more bitter than I'd like it to be for the overall like flavor profile of the beer. But it's sure it's not like a bad thing. Like I, I enjoy no. the beer. It's fine. Uh, question: This is Shiner. Are they how how big? Are they? China's pretty big. I mean, it kind of they, they, they are I mean, right. They're a national brand, but like it depends on where you go. Like in Texas, you see Shiner everywhere. Like they, everyone knows Shiner Bach. Really great, solid, like commercial. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I mean, I don't know if they're still considered like craft or whatever, but um, you know, they're not Budweiser. You know what I mean? Well, like, uh, well, that, that's kind of why I was asking though, because like there's a there's something about it that tastes like, for lack of a better word, manufactured. Like there's a uh, like I've. I feel like when I've had like craft beers, there's a little bit of nuance in each of them, even from like the same batch almost. Like they're not always like perfectly consistent, but every one that I've had of these has been like that, but almost to a point where it feels artificial. This specific beer or this China beers? This this specific one, because I had, uh, I think like a whole six of these, maybe more. Okay. Yeah. I don't, you know, I. I don't know. I didn't have time to look at that ahead of time, obviously. So I don't know what they are, like how big they're considered. Sure. Um, I know that sometimes, you know, their ability to reproduce the Shiner Bach is really excellent, but it is a lager. So there shouldn't be much variance mm. um, or you know any at all. And, you know, they've been making that beer for a long, long time. So like they've perfected their process on that. So I expect it to be, you know, nearly perfectly repeatable um, mm-hmm. on, on, let's say, analogous to something like Sam Adams' Boston Lager. Sure. Um, and and Sam Adams is probably, or Dogfish Head is probably the right one to, to bring up. I'm guessing I could be wildly wrong. And who knows? Maybe they turn out 30 million 
barrels a year. I have no idea, but um, they're I like their brewery. I like Shiner Box. If I'm going to pick a like quote unquote like generic ish like beer and, and Box not super generic, right? It's a very mm. dark beer. It's not a heavy beer, um, and people conflate dark with heavy, and often it's true, but it's really not. They don't mean the same thing. Sure, I love that beer. You can drink that when it's hot out. I mm-hmm. mean, it's from fucking Texas. Like, I'll I would happily drink a Schinerbach during a barbecue in the summer. Mm. Um, but I've had a couple of their beers. some hot barbecue sauce. <laughs> I made um, hot barbecue sauce the other day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I tried guessing, to I'm guessing it wasn't BLC hot barbecue. Sauce. No, I I there's a uh, I don't want to hurt myself. <laughs> you know. Uh, but I definitely like went a little bit more than I should have, even though, and yeah. it uh, it was it was hot. It was occasion occasionally I would get one of the peppers that were still in there, and it was uh, and uh, knocked me on my ass. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, oh. I, Sh- Shiner makes one. I always forget what it's called, uh, but I always remember what's in it, and it's prickly pear. <laughs> and it's a seasonal beer that they do in like spring or summer. Like I think it might be out around now. And I, I've had it, I know, in a couple of different years. So I don't think it was a one-off. Um, but I forget which one that's specifically called. But that's a really nice. Have you, did you ever eat a prickly pear? No. Uh, strange, part of, strange fruit. That's part, that's part of why I bought the beer when I saw it. Because I was like, I like China. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> and prickly pear makes me, just hearing the word prickly pear kind makes of you giggle. makes me smile. Yeah, so yeah, I'm of course. Like, we're going to make this happen. And it's If nice it doesn't, you're dead inside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, that's an actual fruit that exists. Like, we were naming fruits, and it was pear, and then that one had bumps on it. Prickly pear. What are we going to call this one? Pear. What are we going to call this one? Prickly pear. (laughs) Oh, man. Way to stretch outside the box. (laughs) Um, There is a... I definitely... I ate one once, like, years ago, because I was very curious, and I don't remember anything about it. But we used to go to Chevy's all the time. Have you ever been to Chevy's? I don't believe so. Mexican restaurant chain. Um, there, it's it's very good, mediocre food. Uh, <laughs> it's like uh, as far as those restaurant chains go, it's delightful. And okay. one so of it's their on, fl- like, the you know like Texas Roadhouse like Chevy's sure. yeah. like it, yeah you know, like chain food, but you're not embarrassed to go there. Exactly, exactly. It's uh, it feels like a night out. Uh, they also serve bulldogs, which are the the Corona upside down in the margarita, uh, which are delightful. <laughs> um, bulldogs? Yeah. I've heard it called a Corona Rita. That might have been yeah. a trademarked name, though. Yeah, it's possible. But uh, I think that was at a chain that you'd be embarrassed to say that you went to. Where is that? I think it was Applebee's. Oh, fair enough. I, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, anytime I think of Applebee's, I think of waiting, though, because it's like clearly like that. I know it's like Fuddruckers, really, but it's <laughs> it's, yeah. it's definitely Applebee's. See, whenever well. I think of Applebee's, I think of Talladega Nights and the commercial, you know, them getting thrown out of <laughs> the Applebee's, and then they have yep. the commercial during the 10 minute long crash scene. Of course, of course. The uh, But back to Chevy's, though, they have these flautas that are just crack. Like they're <laughs> so good. And they flautas serve them good. with a side of prickly pear jelly. Wow. Okay. And it's delicious. <laughs> again, again, I know that I tried the prickly pear once because I was I was interested. Um, but of the things that I've had that are prickly pear flavored, I remember those. Don't remember the prickly pear at all. <laughs> but uh, I miss Chevy's. I haven't been there in a very long time. You know, prickly pear is still more inventive a name than ugly fruit. 
Is that a thing? I believe so. That is a thing. I, you're right. You're right. I, Yo, you know, I, as I, I was, it was like churning in my head, and I was like, "Am I making that up?" And I think that's a real thing. <laughs> I think you're right. Have you ever seen a jackfruit? I don't know. It's terrifying. <laughs> Go, I'm, 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 everybody, <laughs> everybody. If you've never seen a jackfruit, Google a jackfruit, and then Google like jackfruit scale or something, so that you can see exactly how large this thing is <laughs> i mean it's, i see it hanging on a tree so it's probably pretty large it's insane I'm and terrifying by it. same how does one approach the jackfruit it looks like a lot of little fruits inside of a big fruit first you bow <laughs> 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 oh man uh you want to get some news and nuggets yeah let's do it i have a bunch of news all of the Ooh. star wars related Oh, I'm excited. So one of the things I said to Al earlier this week was you look up the Star Wars news and then you break it to me, okay. uh, partly because it would be more fun for me to find it out from you so that we could be excited about it together. And two, I simply was just too fried each day after the computer to look things up. <laughs> okay, so. I'm going to start. Well, don't even get me started because that's me right now. Uh, and I, pro- <laughs> I probably won't fall asleep in the middle of my own sentence, which has definitely never happened to me before. I gracefully edited that out. I really appreciate that. It was, You're welcome. It, honestly, I've never, ever been embarrassed by anything in this show. I don't mind laughing at myself. I was truly ashamed of that happening. There's a, uh, there's, it's, it's stored right now in a folder called B-roll, of which there's like four files. Uh, one of them, I'm pretty sure, is just us completely incoherent because we drank too much. Was after that... an episode oh. and the and it like was still running but uh the this i also i saved this clip from last week uh and one day maybe we'll release it to the wild as like a, a goof but al is talking about something uh can't find the word then starts talking again and then just says blue yes. out of nowhere yes <laughs> like not related to anything and he just shuts down <laughs> Yeah, literally shut down, as in my brain went into REM sleep. I think I fell asleep. <laughs> I, I Not think. I'm 100% certain. I don't remember it exactly. I, what I remember is the feeling of my heart started racing because of I felt the shame dripping out of my pores. The only thing I that could... I knew that I must have fallen asleep because out I of could my... not account for what I was saying. The only thing that could have made that better was if you had actually nodded off and I went... Al, and you went, the clown has no penis. <laughs> <laughs> well, before I came down here, I was like, because my sister was down here do, uh, working on something, and I was like, oh, I'm going to need it. I was like, you can keep working until we're ready to record, like in earnest. And she goes, try not to fall asleep this time. And I was like, mm. yeah, no, thanks. Uh, <laughs> I was like, nice. I, I don't remember what was happening. It was very obvious I fell asleep. I certainly didn't mean to. Uh, <laughs> I am quite tired. I And I said to to her, I was like, I'm gonna have to tell Anthony. We're gonna have to take like every 15 minutes, like a break. Let me go run a lap around the basement. <laughs> Start going again. And then you're be, uh, every time it's gonna be like, why is he winded every 15 minutes or so? <laughs> oh man. Um, I only have one new nugget jam. Well, I have, uh, and I have three news. They're all have three? Star Wars. All right, so we're gonna we'll, we'll do mine, and then we'll just be Star Wars Central. Okay. Uh, this one because mine is really dumb. Uh, and it was a, it was just a like a one of those title stories from IGN. And I didn't even dig any deeper into it because from the title, I didn't need to know any more information. And it was that Tom Cruise is working with Elon Musk and NASA so that they can shoot the first narrative movie 
in space. <laughs> and I went, <sighs> and then I was like, Al's going to love this. Don't get me started on fucking Elon Musk. <laughs> but anyway, that's a thing that's apparently happening. Yeah, you I know kinda... what another thing is happening? Did you see the kid that him and Grimes had and that they fucking named it? That what? They named their child something that's literally unintelligible. What is it? I don't know how to say it. Look it up. If you if you had made one of the noises from Galaxy Quest, that would have been perfect. <laughs> For all I know, that's how you pronounce it. <laughs> um, <laughs> let me look it up and I will... Her translator's it. broken. <laughs> yeah. Um, let me look it up. I will spell it for you. Okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm ready. If I can find it. Here we go. You would have thought it would have just popped up now because, you know, that's <laughs> what's going on. Well, the last name's Musk, so that makes it super easy, right? Okay. X space. And I believe this symbol is called Ash. It's the intertwined A and E that is pronounced like an E sound typically. Uh huh. Um, A 12. That's the end of the first name. X Ash A 12. Wait, there's a space though, right? Uh, it, space? It, it, I keep seeing it represented with space between the X and the Ash. And the Ash I thought the A-12. X space was some sort of play on space X, but no. anyway. Oh, did I make you even more mad? No, no. <laughs> okay. No, because everyone's been trying to interpret what this means, and I think some people may have gotten some of it, and then Grimes sent out an unintelligible tweet about it. Zeh? Zeh? Yeah, I... Wow. It's All right, that's fun. Of all the special ridiculous names that exist in this world, this is the specialist and most ridiculous of them. The only reason I'm mad... Um, I just name, name your kid, name yourself, do whatever you want. I actually don't, that doesn't bother me. What bothers me is when you have to write software that supports a name field (laughs) and now you have to deal with this shit. You know how many name fields are going to kick back? This is not a valid name. (laughs) That kid tries to input their information. Oh man, that's infuriating. That can go to hell with time zones. I'm just done with time zones. I'm, I've been in time zone hell for weeks. Wow. <laughs> Sentences you don't expect to hear. I've been in time zone hell for weeks. <laughs> Let's get into it's always some something. Star Wars news. I'm done. Give me, the, give me the Star Wars. Give me all the Star Wars. We're going to go in ascending order from least important slash exciting news to most important slash exciting news. Okay. First new. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order update lets you build your own combat challenges. Ooh. There is, they announced, this was from a couple days ago on uh, Star Wars Day. It's May, it's, sorry, it's Star Wars Day and Respawn Entertainment is celebrating by giving Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order a shiny new update. The free update includes new cosmetics, combat challenges in arenas pulled from different areas in the game, and the ability to customize your own combat challenges. The the new cosmetics include a variety of new paint jobs for BD1, but more importantly... You can finally turn Cal's lightsaber red. Ooh, okay. The new cool, color cool. comes with the new Inquisitor uniform outfit as well. What? And makes Cal look like one of the elite Jedi hunters he spends the game fighting. The helmet will... too, or no helmet? Uh, it doesn't say. Mm. The update will also let players jump back into the story mode with the new Journey Plus feature, which lets players use all their previously unlocked. Yes, that's, that came out? 
That's a thing? Is that free? Yeah. Parenthetical. I'm so excited. New Journey <laughs> Plus will unlock the red lightsaber and Inquisitor uniform for Cal. Yes. yes. Okay, so I 100%ed that game and loved every minute of it, uh, which is a weird thing to say when you didn't do all of the stuff. Uh, but as far as the game score is concerned, <laughs> I got all of them. <laughs> I'm confused. <laughs> uh, like 100%ing a game is like getting on all the like the uh, like unlocking everything and getting all the achievements in my yeah. mind. Um, but I didn't p- play the game on Grandmaster. Oh, okay. So, no, but you uh, you you 100%ed that difficulty, so like it still sure. counts. Yeah, that's 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 true. Like I have everything. I unlocked all of it. Yeah. Uh and I really all I thought of, all I could think about while I was doing that was, man, I really want to I'm ready to play the game again. And then when I f- like completely finished it and went back to the menu and found that there was no way for me to start a new game and keep all of this stuff, I was very upset. Well, here's your invitation <laughs> to get back into it. Oh, this is great. This is exactly what I needed. I'm like all ready to play other things right now. And I'm just gonna end up playing the other the thing I already play. <laughs> this is how video games always seem to go for me. Yeah, that's true. I mean, but, uh, but it's also a testament to how good of a game it is. It's so, so good. I also want to see like how much of the game am I going to be breaking by having everything already? That's I'm looking forward to that. That's a good question. Well, they may not keep you with the powers. I think it just might be the cosmetics and stuff. Oh. Because it I is want my tied skill to tree. the narrative, you know? Yeah. Sure. Because otherwise right. well, you would break the game. Um, I'll report back when I actually do that. Yeah, it just says cosmetics. But that being said, uh, as much as I understood why it was done from a narrative perspective, I did regret that you got to have different colors of lightsaber only at the very end of the game. Sure. I wish I had more time to be able to play through it with I, different colors. I definitely felt that way the first time I played through the game. But the second time, where after I played through the story and then I went and got everything else, then I felt like I was able to spend more time with my fancy color. Also, I changed my lightsaber like, I don't know, four times an hour. When I, <laughs> it, was, it was ridiculous. I would be like, I'll take this hilt or ooh, this emitter. Ooh, you know what? Let me change the color. Ooh, but what about this? And then I was like, what if I could do one color on one side and one on the other? <laughs> I'm actually really upset they didn't let you do it. But I guess it makes a certain amount of sense because... Sure you know, one crystal or whatever, but although technically mm-hmm. it was two crystals at that point. It so was. Really. It was. It was. When you hit the button for the first time that breaks your lightsaber in two and you start attacking things, I was like, I am ultimate power. <laughs> I am ultimate power. <laughs> I wish I gave you a little bit more that you could do with it. Like there was literally mm. two moves. I wish I gave you a little bit more with that. Sure. I'm just really excited to see like what a sequel to that eventually looks like because if you're just building on this insane foundation, it's going to be unreal. Well, that's a perfect segue because Ooh. new new news: <laughs> Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order start of new franchise. EA confirms. Yeah, there could be more Jedi Fallen Order on the way. This is on IGN. Yes, the last one was on Polygon. Uh, EA CEO Andrew Wilson confirmed that Jedi Star Wars, sorry, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order (laughs) will be the start of a new franchise, suggesting more games, including a Jedi Fallen Order 2, are being planned. During an earnings call, EA CEO Andrew Wilson, did we really have to do that a second time, said that (laughs) Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is the first title in an entirely new franchise. This is the first official confirmation that Jedi Fallen Order isn't a one-off franchise. This isn't too surprising considering the success of Jedi Fallen Order. Experienced critically and financially since its release. 
Um, during an investor call last year, Blake Jorgensen said that Jedi Fallen Order, quote, significantly beat our expectations and was expected to sell over 10 million units. Um, Respawn's also put on put up job listings in recent months, specifically looking to fill senior positions on the Star Wars team. I hint that Respawn was working on more Star Wars content. Mm. Mm. Um, so good. His background on the thing, but we kind of knew that. So sure. uh, that's a that's good but, though to hear confirmation. Yeah, absolutely. Like that, it's actually in the works. It was a pretty good indication that things were going to, whether it be a sequel to this or just other respawn slash EA Star Wars games. It was a good indication that was coming when they promoted the CEO of Respawn to have greater power in the rest of EA. Mm. So uh, that's probably a pretty good indication of what's to come. He became Lord EA. (laughs) 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 Oh man, I'm ready. I'm ready for more. And I guess what this means is I have stuff to hold me over until then, like a new game plus and whatever this challenge mode is, where I'm going to make just the most absurd challenge. That's going to make you so angry. And then I'm going to force you to play it. Can I do that? Can you share the challenge? Uh, I don't know. It'd be kind of cool. I hope so. All right. Now so. on to the biggest of the Star Wars news, the one that officially came from Star Wars themselves on Star Wars Day the other day. Headline, Academy Award winner Taika Waititi to direct and co-write new Star Wars feature film for theatrical release. Oscar nominee Christy Wilson Cairns to co-write screenplay with Waititi. Um, Even though I already knew that, the chills that I get with the confirmation. Well, you didn't get to read the story. You only just saw the headline when I sent it to you. Yeah. So. yeah. Academy Award winner Taika Waititi, who recently won Best Adapted Screenplay for Jojo Rabbit and directed the widely acclaimed first season finale episode of The Mandalorian on Disney+, Plus, will direct and co-write a new Star Wars feature film for theatrical release. Joining Waititi on the screenplay will be Academy Award nominee Christy Wilson Cairns, um who worked on 1917 and last night in Soho, though they didn't say what she did for it, which would have been helpful, <laughs> who received the BAFTA award for outstanding British film of the year on the three time Oscar winning film, 1917. In addition, Emmy nominated writer, Leslie Headland uh, of Russian doll and bachelorette, which is confusing uh, is currently developing a new untitled star Wars series for Disney plus. Headland okay. will write, executive produce, and serve as showrunner for the series, which adds to a growing list of Star Wars stories for Disney's streaming platform, including The Mandalorian, now in post-production on Season 2, and two other previously announced series, one based on Cassian Andor's life prior to the events of Rogue One's A Star Wars Story, and another following the adventures of Obi-Wan Kenobi between Star Wars Run to the Sith and Star Wars A New Hope. Release dates for both YTT's and Headland's projects have not yet been announced. Naturally. So this oh, joins man. what we... No, to be confirmed, semi-confirmed. A trilogy for Ryan Johnson, mm-hmm. a movie for Kevin Feige, a movie for Taika Waititi, and I think there was one other movie that had been announced for someone as well, and I don't 100% remember who. Right, right. I vaguely remember that as well. Oh, uh, boy. Yes. More things with Taika. Just everything. I just, I hope Korg's in it somehow. But it's like, just cross <laughs> over the universe. Could you imagine all the times, the many, many times that people have asked for some sort of Star Wars crossover with other things like Marvel, what have you, if that's how you do it with a Korg. <laughs> it's like the same, the same, his voice, you know, Taika Waititi's voice uh, with the same humor, but it's a rancor. 
<laughs> and he's like a lead character. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't think that that would be not 100% feasible to have the lead character of Echopia Rancor. That's fair. <laughs> I mean, would it be better or worse than Life Day? I mean, it literally couldn't. It literally couldn't be worse. <laughs> oh, man, I thought about that the other day. And I was like, the most memorable thing about that was the Chinese food we had that night was pretty good. But I then like, then I was starting to get like these flashes of the thing that we watched. Um, and it was uh, including Cranky Kong getting off. And it was, <laughs> it, it, it was, oh man, that Star Wars special is, it's something. It's the worst. <laughs> Speaking of which. Did you watch the Parks and Rec reunion? I did not. Uh, it's disappointing. How was it? It was fun. It was funny. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't I'll like it doesn't it measure up to like an all time episode of sure. Parks and Rec. But in this time right now, where making anything new is borderline impossible, where a lot of shows that really should have been completed being made mm-hmm. weren't and got postponed. And I'm not even talking about the things that are supposed to be coming out now. I completely had forgotten. Why didn't Fargo, the new season of Fargo, release in the beginning of April? Because everything didn't start getting shut down until the middle of March. Why were they yeah. not done making that show? That's a good question. Like, don't know. two weeks before the show was supposed to drop. <laughs> like, I don't understand. Um, yeah, that's That being weird. said... Um, it's probably something about positioning it because they're going to have something else. Like, other stuff won't be ready. So, like, rather than have a large gap later... They'll have a smaller gap now and then another smaller gap. You yeah, know what I mean? I don't know. I'm just thinking that. That's my like, guess. At least Now is the time to get your stuff out. Uh, you know, movies are pushing their release dates. Movies are going direct to video. TV yeah. shows. This is the time to steal all of those eyes, right? Yeah, Everyone's true. at home. They're, they're craving content. Everyone, like people like me. Listen, I love movies. I love TV. I watch a ton of it. I am a huge avid sports fan there are no sports sports do not exist currently Mm -hmm. um there is a huge section of the population who is looking for anything to occupy their time because they don't have sports like right right now the nba and nhl playoffs should be going on and they don't exist baseball should be rounding into full form after the first month of baseball like there is a lot of eyes to program for if you have the content majority finished i would i would have to imagine at the point, like they're not shooting the the show anymore, right? It's post production. Like you can't do that remotely. You can't do that from home. You can't edit those things from home. I don't. I don't understand. Mm. I don't know. I don't know how it works. Uh, my dumb brain says sure you can, but I don't know how complicated it is. I, all I know is other shows that are debuting a month or more. Like, Billions just started back. In, I this, I would the new season of Billions just started this week. I didn't get to watch the first episode super fucking excited for that a full month later that show debuted it was all done they're running it i would i would put money on the fact that it's more about um like strategic timing of other things and spreading out how they're going to drop stuff because they're going to run out of things well they've already been clearing the board of some of these things there were a bunch of shows that were pushed back they Mm -hmm. can't currently make anything new it's going to push back things that we're supposed to be releasing in the future. Those things are going to get pushed back by this because they can't make them right now. So mm-hmm. 
why wouldn't you seize the opportunity? You're not doing this like an IV drip. They're no, gonna- no, no, that that's exactly why you would do it. Is you would because your things are going to be are being pushed back indefinitely. They don't know when they're going to be able to start production on certain projects that have intended release dates. They keep pushing that out. Now, if they were to drop something new right now and it's all they have, I don't know how much they have. If it if it's all they have, then you're talking about a huge potential gap that they have no control over in between. But if they're able to hold off a little bit and make it two smaller gaps rather than one giant one, that would probably be the reason. You mean for that show or for other effects? For other effects things. Okay. I, I don't know. I mean, I just... Right now, there are other people reaping the benefits of so many more people who are craving things to watch right now. I mean, you mm-hmm. see people seizing on any new but thing. But that, could, that could be it, too. Like, eventually the well will dry up, and at that point, they still have something to play. Maybe. I, that's a weird bet to make to me. Like, uh, you're not... People are desperate right now for things to divert their attention to. You're never mm-hmm. going to get a more hungry audience for your product than right now. Um, and betting on it being more in the future is a weird bet to make. Hmm. I don't. I don't think it's betting on it necessarily. Well, that's that a potential part of it, but I don't. I think it's more along the lines of making the gaps smaller. Yeah, that, that's my best guess, at least. Uh, are there any other Star Wars news? No, those were all the Star Wars. News. They were. They were great. That wasn't a lot. No, I was kind of expecting more, but I wonder if they held some things in reserve. Because of what's going on, where they wish they could, possible they want to, you know, maybe have a big event. You know what I mean? Mm, That's true. That's true. It's not every day you get to have the emperor come out on stage and cackle. Exactly. So, Um, so you want to make the most of those sorts of moments, but yeah, um, yeah. The only other things I have is that, well, I'd like to be watching Billions and what we do in the shadows. Uh, Mm. I just haven't had the time to. I've watched the first few what we do in the shadows, but I am in the. Uh, the first, uh, I, don't know, I think, I think I'm in like the third episode of the first part of the final season of The Sopranos, <laughs> uh, which is just a mouthful. Um, but even bigger mouthful than FX on Hulu. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that that's going on. Uh, that's been put on hold for a bit, uh, just because I, I, I've, it's just too much. And uh, Scrubs is just in full force, and <laughs> I, I adore the show. I. Uh, all I can think while I'm watching it is this show was ahead of its time, like, mm-hmm. and, and in in a really great way, absolutely, because it's so perfect right now. Yeah, like it's sure, like every like there's like maybe there'll be a outdated joke here or there, but it doesn't matter. Like it's so they are so funny, mm-hmm. and they all seem it's that uh that perfect combination of like great writing. Uh, awesome music throughout the whole show. There's yep. always good music. Uh, am- amazing chemistry. And everybody's clearly having a good time on set. Yeah. Like, clearly having a good time. And it's and it, you have a good time because of it. Even when it's like a depressing episode, which, like, they really punch you in the gut, like, I don't know, every... I would say every 50 minutes of showtime, <laughs> it's there kicking you in the nards. Do you think it's that, do you think it's that, that often? I, I don't recall. It's been, unfortunately, well, it's been 50 minutes of, of showtime is like every two and a half episodes. Yeah. I don't know. Well, so, have you been putting it on Plex? Because I have been itching to rewatch that. I have. Yeah. Uh, it's really funny uh, because there's, I couldn't figure out how else to get it. And well, it used um, to be on Netflix. It's not on there anymore. Yeah. And then half of uh, so far, 
all of season two has these subtitles that I don't know what language it is, uh, and I can't get them off. <laughs> but uh, it's fun. It's it's great. I'll deal with that. It's funny because uh, I really want to rewatch that, but I don't even have time to watch everything right now that I have to watch. Sure. I, I am, didn't get to watch Homeland finale when it happened. I'm still several episodes behind that. Um, I watched half an hour of the movie we're doing tonight in my car this morning, like waiting to start work. Uh, I just don't have time ever. It seems like, um, but between scrubs and Hannibal, I desperately want to rewatch both those shows that I love so much. Cause mm-hmm. I saw Hannibal was put on Amazon recently. I was like, Oh, Oh, nice. That'd be super convenient to watch. And then my brother started watching cause he watched it alongside me and my mom in the first season when it was running. And then I think he got lost somewhere during the second season and didn't keep uh, up Okay. So he's now into the third and final season. So, Classic peanut gallery. <laughs> All right. Uh, you want to do some fun and games? Let's do it. I got a weird one. Uh, this comes from my finding of this movie that, we did, that we're going to do later in a bit. Uh, and it is... Which, by the which, way, you're going to have to run us through that again, like exactly what made you want to watch this movie. <laughs> sure. Of course. Uh, which Netflix genre should you try? And the reason why this one piqued my interest, well, first off, I found this movie that we're going to do later in a bit on Netflix. Uh, and like I said, we'll get into that. Uh, but there's a, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but there's like a whole genre code index for Netflix where like they have like all sorts of genres that are just absurd. And yeah. I'm really hoping that that's where this quiz goes. I, I hope it dives deep and gives me something really weird. <laughs> I am familiar that there is like a secret library of things that you can access that way. I don't, I think I'm like, I might've done it once just for like shits and giggles, but like I've never looked up the stuff really to like take advantage of it. Sure. Sure. All right. We're 13 questions. All right. Not so bad. What TV show did you prefer to watch as a kid? Double dare 2000, Arthur, Lizzie McGuire, the Rugrats, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air or legends of the hidden temple. Rugrats. Nice. Good choice. I probably would have went um, Legends. You want to you know something crazy? I haven't seen Rugrats in fucking forever. And not last week, in the weekend before that, um, it was like Saturday night, could not find something to watch. I think we were all drunk here. And it was like 1130. I was flipping through the channels like, oh, Rugrats? Here we go. 100%. And watch some literally like old like classic Rugrats like shit that I remember watching when I was like five years old. Nice. I years ago there was like this live Rugrats show in the city somewhere around Times Square, and I saw that mm. it was weird. I bet. Uh, <laughs> what do you do in your spare time? Read or listen to music? Watch TV? Hang out with my friends? Remember hanging out with friends? Get I tense. I dislike it when I have free time. Finish up some chores or errands. Uh, I guess watch TV. Okay. Yeah, you remember hanging out with friends? Because <laughs> the last time I saw slash talked to any of my friends was literally a month and a half ago for someone's birthday. We did a Zoom. Haven't done yeah. it since then. I saw Caleb the other day, recent guest host, future guest host, uh, which we need to discuss <laughs> after the episode, um, nice. from a socially distancing acceptable range um to drop him off some Al's ales nice but he's the only nice. he's literally the only person i've seen outside of co-workers customers and family for over two months 
Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Pick a music genre. Pop, EDM, rock, country, hip-hop, or folk? Rock. Naturally. All right. What's your favorite holiday? Christmas, Halloween, Thanksgiving, Valentine's Day, New Year's Eve, Independence Day? Christmas. Are you more of an optimist or pessimist? Depends on the day. (laughs) Uh, There is an option here at the bottom that says I'm kind of a mix. That's the one. All right. Oh, God. I have to put your name in. <laughs> uh, like Social Security, too? Credit yep. card number? Can you give me that real quick? <laughs> Date of birth, uh, mother's maiden name. Uh... Bear with me. It's one of those. Uh, I uh, start search. What? What is this? Get out of here. Oh, no. What have you done oh, to me? Oh, no. Okay, we're good. We're good. What is your favorite class in elementary school? Science, chorus, band. English, PE, history, or art? Science. Why is math not on there? I was also wondering that. Interesting. Have you ever stayed home and watched movies slash TV shows all day? It's not really my thing. I like to be out and about. I can watch a few TV shows or movies, but I get tired after a while. Staying home and watching movies and TV shows is heaven to me. That one. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Which costume would you... Which that which costume would you be found wearing on Halloween? Disney princess, witch or wizard, superhero, some TV show character, a popular trend, an animal. I guess maybe the TV show character. If okay, I I, I was a TV character uh, Halloween at your house a couple years ago. Uh, which one? Brawny man? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, what's his name from Home Improvement? Oh, Al Borland. Wasn't that at your house? Or maybe that... No, that was at Alex's house. Sorry. Wrong Mm. Halloween. Mm. All right. If you won the lottery, what would you do with the money? Be honest. Pay off any loans I have? Go on a shopping spree? Split it between my family, friends, and myself? Donate it to charity or travel? So this is if I won the lottery? Yeah. Problem is I would do like three of those things. Right? That's kind of how I felt. Um, I guess the one about family and friends. Yeah. Do you prefer animated or non-animated films slash TV shows? Animated for sure, non-animated all the way. I like both. I mean, I guess both. Okay. Next question. What would you snack on while watching a film? Popcorn, chips, sweets, cereal, pizza, everything. (laughs) Everything. I've eaten so many different things while watching TV and movies. Okay, now if I were to fill in another option on here and say grapes, would you have chosen grapes? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, grapes is one. What if there was one option that was grapes and cashews? <laughs> <laughs> it's typically I mis- know your snacking habits. <laughs> it's, it's, it's typically more of a mixed nuts, though the cashew needs to be a part of the mixed nuts. The grape, grapes, if you're talking about like, I'm sitting in my home alone, like watching something randomly at night. Uh-huh. Grapes is going to be on the Mount Rushmore of things that I would choose to to snack on. <laughs> but chips would be on the Mount Rushmore. Sure. If I had pizza available to me. Oh god. Pizza pizza all day every day. That I would be eating while doing it. So yes, that would also be on Mount Rushmore. Um and I guess we'd have to make a separate category from chips for this, but goldfish is gonna mm. be on there as well. Mm. Nice. Um I nice. will still eat goldfish when I'm 90 years old. They, you know, uh, I don't know. This just bothered me. People thinking about it right now. When you said pizza, and I said I said anytime, and then the jingle played in my head. When pizza's on a bagel, you can eat pizza anytime. 
Counterpoint, it doesn't need to be on a bagel. It doesn't have <laughs> You to can be. always eat pizza anytime. Pizza is truly the most versatile food. You can eat it for breakfast. You can eat it for dinner. You can eat it for a snack. You can yeah. eat it cold. You can eat it hot. You can eat it with so many different toppings. They're all you delicious. should have really started rhyming because it felt like you were going Dr. Seuss for a minute there and then you trailed off. Well, the cadence was definitely, would you eat it in the house? In the car, yeah, the sure. <laughs> There's no question about that. That being said, I couldn't find a way to rhyme and get my point across. So, Are you a fan of cliffhangers? No way they're the worst? Yeah, it keeps me wanting more. <sighs> Can we pencil in an option for... I know, the, right? At, at the end of episodes, yes. At the end of seasons, no. Mm, oh, I like that. I like that. But so uh, I guess we'll go with yes. All right. All right. All right. Which actor slash actress do you always enjoy watching on screen? Jennifer Aniston, Morgan Freeman, Holly Berry, Chris Hemsworth, Zach Efron, Uzo Aduba. I'm not familiar with that last one. Um, let's go with Morgan Freeman. Orange is the new black. All right. Oh, that was 13. Here we go. All right. Yeah. Lame. I really thought this was going to be like a, one of the funky genres. Uh, you should try Netflix originals. I Great. mean, I do Thanks. like some, but... It says, you're a listener, and you like to get to know more about the person each time. If no surpri- It's no surprise you enjoy television shows with great character development, you grow bonds with these people, and you love it. Binge watching has become a sport to you, so you should watch some Netflix originals, such as Orange is the New Black, and Binge Watch Away. Okay, so I'm just going to throw this out here. Yeah. Yes, some of that was true of me. I'm huge on character development, huge yep. on sticking with the story for a long time and watching how sure. it evolves. That being said, I feel like there's a decent chance that the answer to this is always Netflix originals. Netflix originals? Yeah, I'm pretty I, sure they sponsored uh, this. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking that too. I kind of want to go back through it and take it again and like just randomly pick things and see what happens, but... I like, don't just pick care a, pick, that pick much. Associ- like pick, uh, like, pick <laughs> all these answers. Like take down all the ones I did, and every single time pick one that wasn't one that I answered. Right. See if it still comes out as Netflix originals. Yeah, yeah. That's a. I, I should probably do that. Uh, I am curious because I hate that. But I, I you know, every once in a while we get a let's good. Let's audit quiz. this quiz. <laughs> yeah, that that that's the new segment. Does this quiz suck? <laughs> <laughs> all right. With that, shall we get into our flick of the week? Sure. the interview no not that one released (laughs) in 1998 unrated one hour and 44 minutes this imdb synopsis is a duel between a suspected murderer and a detective pressed by people who want results but whose skin is really wanted what (laughs) Um, that's not what this movie's about (laughs) not Really? <laughs> I mean, it is, but it's phrasing. <laughs> I don't know. Well, the, that's how skin is really wanted. Like, I get what they're going for, but they could have definitely phrased that better. And also, sure. as I'm reading that sentence that is horribly phrased, I'm looking at the poster, and why is that poster <laughs> so suggestive? <laughs> Why is he whispering in his ear? Sweet nothings. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. Like, that doesn't look like someone who's being hunted. That looks like someone who, like, they're about to make sweet, sweet love together. Right. Right. That's very bizarre. Um, Do you want to give me your tweet length review and rating? Sure. Um, That is if I can scroll down to where I have that. 
Fair. an interesting flick that makes you want to see where it all goes, but ultimately left me wanting more. 5.5 hmm. out of 10. Wow, interesting. Okay, we're going to be on different sides of the house on this one. I can't read my tweet length review until we get into the spoiler territory because I feel like it gives away the major point of the of the movie. Um, but this was a straight up, out of nowhere, 10 out of 10 for me. I loved this movie. See, the funny thing is, while I was watching this, especially as it was getting later on, I was like, Anthony's going to love this movie. Mm. And you know why I knew that? Because while I was watching this, what did this remind me of? Your, one of your favorite books. One of my favorite books? Yes. One of your favorite books you read for high school. Uh, <laughs> the Stranger? Absolutely. <laughs> Strong. Oh. The okay, I can, I can see that. I can see that. As I was watching this, it reminded me of that book multiple times. I was like, Anthony's mm. going to end up loving this movie. Oh, God, and did I? Did I? This was a treat. It's funny, so, though, that you didn't make that association than I did. I didn't, because there's a stronger association that I'll make uh, to it. Well, again, when we get into spoiler territory. Well, I, I have other parallels to draw. It's just that that one stuck out to me. Sure. Uh, so the, the backstory on this guy here, when the, I don't know, six, seven weeks ago, when I was canceling my flight, you heard that story. Yep. I had to get my refund. I ended up watching Event Horizon. That led to the Event Horizon episode. Uh, there was this category that showed up out of, out of the blue on my Netflix scrolly scroll. I don't know what else to call it. Like the genres that are curated for you. And it was uh, movies from the 90s. And I was like, okay. And that's where Event Horizon was. And when I was scrolling through that, I came across this one called The Interview. And I was like, the hell is this? And then I saw Hugo Weaving's face. And I was like, is he? a lead in this because this is hugo weaving who we are we we're always talking about on this show who and we, we're like who we frequently lamented not being the lead in anything right and then and you know it makes you question like can he be the lead the answer is yes um uh and i saw that i was like oh this is perfect like we're gonna have to watch this uh, i came out of nowhere the trailer was interesting it was like oh is this gonna be like one of those movies that's in a room uh because if you're if you're gonna give me hugo talking for two hours i'm in uh, i'm sold <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because he's funny, awesome yes. I I definitely don't have any issues with him in this movie. He did a really mm-hmm. good job. Although it drove me nuts that voice he was doing. Um just because I know his voice and how his voice is so great. Well, it's funny that you say that because he's doing an Australian accent. I know. And uh he really sounded like and was doing and he had mannerisms that reminded me of this Australian guy that I worked with. No, he did a good Australian accent. It was just specifically like if I met a person in real life with that voice, I would be so because like the other people with Australian accents, like, yes, it tracked as an Australian accent. It just. But you know what he sounds like. Yeah. uh, Well, I know what he sounds like. And it's he's got such a great resonant voice. And then on top of that, where it's like. It's not having anything to do with it being Australian. He had this like this like reedy, like weak like voice that I was like, oh my god, if that if that same voice was, was like an Americanized version, I'd want to slap the shit out of the person with that voice, <laughs> let alone Australian. Like like he just like he was so like plaintive like all the time. Like I don't know. Sure. But, and it was it was a credit to the performance. It was just I hit right. the character. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Well, that's fair. That's fair. Uh Man, this it was a it really was a treat. I, I there's not too much I can say um, pre spoilers other than shot really well. There's some really cool 
I, I there's like there's a consistent level of like these like off angle shots that I really liked where like it's the the camera is slightly askew and it kind of reminds and they do something weird like it looks old school detective show or like movie tropes and it kind of looks like a Dick Tracy comic here and there. I liked that a lot. There was some uh, cool or some artful shots that were done throughout the course of the movie. There were things to like in this movie and there were definite nods to budgetary constraints in this movie. Mm. And I think they did do a good job of doing more with less for the most part. Oh yeah. I, the central arc of the story, I think was bungled a bit. Oh, interesting. Um, I think not that the movie necessarily needed to be longer because I appreciate the, the aim for brevity. It was just, it took so long for the story to actually take off that it felt rushed at the end. Oh, weird. And that I felt they could have really, like, spread their elbows and explored the space as they were approaching the climax and then the finish of the movie. Where it I felt do- some things were rushed at the very end. I wonder if that has a little bit more to do with your viewing experience than the actual movie, because the actual the way that these things unfold, because there's like maybe two, three, I don't know, a hundred twists in the in it, like, but they they are condensed towards the end. And it is in my opinion, the way that it's twisted like that is to unseat you. Because you think you're like you're like, oh wow, this is just like a this is just like a dark situation that we found ourselves in. And then it gets weird. And then it gets weirder and you're like, what is happening? And all that happens so abruptly that you and so quick that you can't really keep up in that moment. And like until you reflect on it after the fact. And it's it's really twisted. And I love it. The problem is, like, I called the exact ending of the movie. And it's because it clearly borrows from other movies. Sure. Did it before, like in the very immediate like future or past in the very immediate past right before wait wait uh spoilers going forward just because what you're i know what i know what movie you're about to bring up which one uh, and it gives the answer to this movie so which movie uh well from here on out we will be talking spoilers for the interview i personally loved it al's uh out of five i'm out of ten if you side generally with me on these things, go just, you don't have to go anywhere. Put the movie on. It's on Netflix before it's, listening no, to the rest it, of this. I mean, when my grade, I don't mean to dissuade or totally crush the movie. I was kind of sitting in the five to six range. I settled on the 5.5. It's not a terrible movie. It's not. I didn't hate it. Like, I wouldn't walk away like, oh my God. Like, it's just, I was a little disappointed because the way it started off, I was actually really interested and I just didn't feel like it stuck the dismount for me mm. but anyway what movie did were you gonna bring up? all right so we're in spoiler territory from here on out i'm assuming that you're referring to the usual suspects that was clearly a heavy influence in this movie oh absolutely i um, completely and agree so was the movie seven yeah yep um and so. the third one i have was obviously a movie that came out after this but i also felt heavy shades of it was law-abiding citizen um, i don't know if i saw that uh, gerard butler that's a maybe like, i did it's not like an amazing movie, but it is an entertaining watch uh, despite how dark and brutal it can be. Um, Mm. But just, it's one of those movies that if you go in and you don't know anything about it, you're likely to be entertained 
by the twists and turns of that movie. And it, it's, it is a pretty well-made movie overall. I mean, there it's a little bit cheesy. It's a little bit contrived, but it is a, it is an entertaining, entertaining is the right word for that movie. It is an entertaining movie. I have um, a strange feeling I did see it. I mean, you probably did. I, I, although I would say it's the type of movie that sticks with you. The twists at the end stick with you. Okay. So I would feel like you would remember it, but hmm. um, those were the three movies that I really thought about. And also then the stranger. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, there were really two heavy influences, obviously of seven and the usual suspects. And yeah, I kept waiting for, I was like, the ending of this is going to be just like the usual suspects, isn't it? And then he absolutely does the thing where he walks out of the fucking courtroom and he's, and then he's smiling, you know, yep. uh, the courtroom out of the precinct. I was Putting like, come on, on, man. Like, uh, the, uh, so the way that I had it written. So this is my, uh, this is my review, which I was holding off on. Uh, and you, this will be more clear why I love the movie so much. Uh, this gritty 90s drama thriller is the best Joker introduction we never had. 10 out of 10. <laughs> you know what? I would watch the shit out of the Joker played by Hugo Weaving. Oh my god, Chad right? This character? Yes. If you had given me this actor with this like, like type of setup and a better director, I would watch the shit out of that Joker. <laughs> that would be amazing. Absolutely. Uh, but no, like, there's a there's a lot going on in there. Like not even just like the Joker, but like, uh, kind of like the tropes that I feel like Gotham City is based on, and like just like the corruption, uh, like or like uh, almost like an origin of corruption and getting to that point of like if it were to keep going, it could get so bad that it becomes Gotham City, and alongside of it, you have a Joker like character that is being born in this same world, and it's. He, he, it is so bizarre, and he, Hugo Weaving is absolute. I think he's tremendous in this movie. He is. He's like, uh, the when he, you know what it is? He switches gears like I've never seen anybody switch gears. And it's like, it's unsettling, but it doesn't feel inconsistent. It's like, right. And like, he did it, and you're like, it's so obvious that he did it, but you're, you're questioning, like, he was so convincing before that, you're wondering, like, oh, is this. What's happening now? Like he really and and then and then you settle into that and then something else changes and then the fact that he gets to switch gears again and go back, I was like, this guy is out of his mind. <laughs> and I love it. So what I'm talking about is he's timid, he's scared, he's confused early on, doesn't know what's going on. Then all of a sudden, in an instant, he gains control of the interview room. And he is the one that everybody's listening to. And everybody's, he's basically, I'm asking the questions now. Is basically where we get to. You know, for a minute, I was like, okay, this is adding up enough where he's literally just going to do this to get a meal. Because like, mm -hmm. he's that down on his luck. And that to, to some small extent, that was true. Obviously, yeah. it wasn't actually the main bent of what he was going after. Um but, I, you know, I was like, that was, for a minute, I was like, he's just hungry, isn't he? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and the attention thing, there was certainly something to that, although it wasn't just that. Uh, but I, I did find trying to parse what was actually at play here. The problem I had was they introduced the whole investigation of the cop too late in the movie. If they had planted that seed earlier on, I think my grade for this would have been a lot higher because I think that the, the issues I had with the ending of the movie would have been much less, maybe non-existent. 
it felt like that was so rushed, and we spent so much time where, like, I feel like that happened early. I not really. Hmm. Well, I am going to be rewatching it because I'm excited about it. But no, I I I don't remember. I don't remember like feeling like there was a drag between finding that information out. No, no, it's just that towards the end they started spending so much time on the investigation of the cop. Mm-hmm. Disproportionately to the amount of time you continue to spend with with Hugo Weaving's character, was he um, Fleming, Mister Fleming? Mm-hmm. Um, that like there, I felt like at one point there's like almost ten minutes before, like between where you like had last seen him on screen. You know what I mean? Sure. Well, I guess the the thing though that you get out of it is you have this inkling of uh, these these corrupt cops, but to what degree you're not sure. Well, and the thing then is, it, but they don't, they it don't gets a little bit more and, serious. They don't and come out and say it though until like almost halfway through the movie. Um, it's you don't not that it's not that long. I don't it's know. not that long before the before the reporter's in there uh, looking for more information, and he's clearly looking at at, at corruption within the department. Yeah, but you didn't, I didn't even know he was a reporter at first. Oh, weird. No, that's yeah. That was that was super obvious to me. I I, I really I have a feeling that I, I do think that the breaking up of the movie pr- definitely screwed with you. Maybe I no because I the well the thing is when that guy showed up I took note of him because he's the only other actor in the movie I recognized. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, wait. What what did you recognize him from? Uh, I don't know. I just know his face. Okay. So, do you remember that terrible movie from roughly twenty years ago? Uh, the Rob Schneider movie, The Animal. Oh, God, yeah. Well, he was the doctor who stuck all the animal parts in him. Got it. Got it. Perfect. <laughs> so Perfect. As what soon as he walked on screen, I was like, isn't that that guy from The Animal? <laughs> a, a movie that I've watched way too many times for how bad it is. That's um, really fun. I definitely have only seen that movie once. I, I mean, it was one of those movies that would like be on like a movie channel or like Comedy sure. Central. Like sure. 15 years ago. So like <laughs> I've seen the movie like probably five or six times. And so as soon as he walked on screen, I was like, that's the guy from the animal. Um but I thought he was gonna turn out to be like some like psychiatrist or something like that. Because I feel like they, they didn't oh. say what he was when he showed up on screen. Uh I don't I definitely I would definitely not confuse about what he was. It wasn't until he gives him the tapes at the end that I realized he was the the reporter that the guy was talking about. Oh no, they, they, he definitely he talks about some story that's being that he's run like early on. I don't remember that. Um, yeah. Well, it's not just that I remember it. Like, I just don't think I got it. Now it's also possible the audio on this wasn't great. The, uh, so I was that I was actually just gonna say that uh, I watched the entire movie with subtitles on because I couldn't understand them. I had to keep turning the the audio up higher and higher and. Like when I started watching the movie, I was alone. And then yeah. like five minutes in, my brother came into the room, and then ten minutes in, my dad came into the room, and I had to explain yeah. to them what we were watching. Yeah, and you were you were you were distracted were watching room, under- and I had to keep broken. the volume up. <laughs> yep. You broke it up, you were distracted, you couldn't hear what they were saying. That explains a lot more. Uh, it was more the it was more about the the volume issue because I knew that I was supposed to pay attention to that guy, that, that guy was important. Yeah. I literally didn't know who he was. It was definitely uh, 98, I feel like, is before they figured out sound mixing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, because but no. the thing was, like, the music, well, especially, like, the title music, which they end up reusing that theme, is dramatic. Irritating trumpet. What was it? Dramatic trumpet? <laughs> uh, distracting trumpet. Yeah. Distracting trumpet. 
Yeah. Well, I came up with, and honestly, someone may have said this term before. I don't recall it. Mm. Um, but I'm going to, for henceforth, that sound, not that sound, the sound that I'm about to describe is going to be called the horror strings. You know, okay. when they do that, yeah. it sounds like cascading, like, you yeah. know, and it's like thing that's in all like horror movies. We're going to call them horror strings from now on. Uh, I thought so you much. were kidding. Uh, that is what it says in the subtitles. Does it really? Music. <laughs> something, it's something horror, horror something strings. Yes. Fantastic. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sure someone's probably called that before. I've never seen it called that before. It's amazing. That's what I always think of them as, and that's what we're going to call them officially on yep. the show. The horror strings. There were other there are other things that play like it. Each time there was like a something along those lines, there was a cue of what kind of sound effect music is being played, and that was one. That's when it starts to get like really weird and creepy. Like it, it said, it said something along the lines of horror strings, and oh, solemn piano was another one. <laughs> Uh, and, like there, there were a few of them. That it's really funny. This, like it this, actually, this it does call me, out like the horror nature of it, though. <laughs> this reminds me of because I know you've played the first two games, even if you don't remember them very well. Mm. Uh, Mass Effect. There is a race of alien in the games that everything they say is in a complete monotone. <laughs> okay. And their species, when they talk to each other a lot of their communication is done through pheromones and very subtle movements and gestures. Right. And all of those subtleties are totally lost on other species. <laughs> okay. So when they're speaking to other species, they announce the emotion. Amazing. That they're delivering the sentence. Okay. With. This sounds vaguely familiar. So when, uh, you know, solemn piano and horror right. strings is reminding me of that. Cause you know, you'll hear, you know, well, one of my favorite stupid lines, you know, every once in a while in a game, like, you know, running around, there's like an NPC is like, oh, let me talk to them. It says I can talk to them, but they just deliver like a line. Uh-huh. And so there's one of those and it's on like the Citadel and it's one of the diplomats of that race. And he says, human, delighted, welcome. It is good to see you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's and there's great. like, yeah, every time you talk to one of them, you know, with there's one of them where you're intimidating one of them and the guy says, with barely barely constrained terror, and then he <laughs> says the line, <laughs> and like there's like a whole bunch of those different things. And as I'm saying, like yeah, you know, solemn piano, you know, horror yeah. strings. Oh my god, that's that's great. But yeah, yeah, the uh, the subtitles were actually uh, hugely important watching the movie for me, um, only because I I already have issues with deciphering like what people are saying when the sound is crystal clear. So uh, in something like this, especially when you layer in accents on top of it and then distracting trumpet, uh, it gets it's a little bit difficult to get through. Uh, but having them on was huge because then it was like everything made sense. And then also there were words that they were saying that before I put the subtitles on, I was like, what are they saying? Like, what? And I realized they were just words that I don't use. And I was like, let me look these up so that I could understand what's going on. Like, I didn't understand what on the dole meant. Uh, until I looked it up after the fact and it was an un- unemployment, basically. Yeah, no, I know that one. Well, the thing is that, and I think that's one of those ones that Australia and, and Britain actually share, but mm. there's a lot of, like, slang and colloquialisms that we are familiar with from the British lexicon that are, like, we're not as familiar with Australian lexicon. Right. Right. So, uh, yeah, that's 
I could see that being, uh, I don't remember being even remotely confused about who that guy was. And I do think that it has to do with the dialogue. So it's very possible that there are things that were lost because you didn't know everything that was being said. Yeah. I mean, I was definitely, and that was especially true of like the first like 10 to 20 minutes is like, there was a lot of distractions for me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, can everyone just shut the fuck up? Like, I'm (laughs) like, you're, I'm happy to have you guys watch the movie with me. Well, pause it if you want to ask me what's going on because you're a couple minutes late. But like, then there's people in the next room and they're making noise. And I'm like, listen, like in the best of circumstances, that's not great. But this is like quiet audio. There's a heavy accents. It's a different dialect. And I'm like, you're killing me here. Yeah, I probably watched this movie in the best setup possible uh, for that. I had noise canceling headphones on and I was sitting on the couch and I had the screen very close to me. With the subtitles on, <laughs> it was I've been all, struggling all of those things to are get important. Through these movies, because with the quarantine and 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 with with watching anything that I want to watch, I part of the reason I don't have any free time is my whole family is here all the time because mm-hmm. my mom's out of work, my dad's working from home, my sister's doing college from home, like, and then you know if my brother comes over, he's working from home. I don't have the ability to get away, <laughs> sure. which is a weird complaint to make because I love them. I love spending time with them, but like, mm-hmm. and so that I feel like a dick when I'm like, Oh, Hey, we're all together and you guys all want to do something, but I'm going to go fuck off for two hours. Like, yeah. And also, can you guys stay away and leave me alone? <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So, so getting back into it, there are a couple of, uh, of fun things that I wanted to get to uh, early on. We just, the, the most, the epitome of douchebag cop is uh, uh, Pryor, right? That's his name, isn't it? I believe so, although I didn't know that until the last 15 minutes of the movie. God, he was infuriating. Uh, always, like, he he was, I've, in movies and TV, you may have heard somebody described or um, described as a hard-on, <laughs> and <laughs> this is that. <laughs> you know who he reminded me of? Are you a fan of uh, There's Something About Mary? Yes. You remember the the cop who was he also played the bad guy in Kindergarten Cop? Yes. Who beats the shit out of Ben Stiller? <laughs> That's who that guy was. Per- yes, a hundred percent. Who's like a hundred percent certain this guy is guilty of being like a heinous cr- criminal? And he's like, if there wasn't cameras and everyone around, I would literally shoot you right now. With the cop, I was like, this guy's a I I, I can't. I was like, I hate him. I know exactly. Like I know this. Guy. I was like, I hate him. I want him to be wrong. Or put out, or like something hard. Like I just don't want him to be happy. Well, he was by just the, entirely too much. He was he was entirely too much, and he starts off that way. And we're in Hugo Weaving's apartment, and we're tearing shit apart. We're throwing things around, and I was like, "Is this necessary? Is this how it really goes?" I'm still very curious about this. Very always portrayed in movies this way of just like pulling drawers out. That's a thing. Like right, a drawer is pulled out and dumped and just thrown on the floor. Like. I know it's for dramatic effect in movies. It's just based on some real thing. Anyway, it's not really my point. My point is this guy sucks, and I want him to be sad and miserable by the end of the movie. And I'm like, and I want Hugo Weaving to be the good guy just because I like Hugo Weaving, so I'm rooting for him. But something never sat quite right with me in that early opening scenes, and that was anybody that has that many newspapers is a serial killer. Yeah. And it's like, I knew that from the beginning simply because of the stack of newspapers. Also, the lack of decorations on the wall and the fact that he was sleeping in an armchair. I know he's on unemployment and I know that he's not doing so great right now, but he had just the serial killer's apartment. 
he did, but like the backstory was convincing enough where you could buy into it enough. The the, the newspapers, sure. I, the, I it's the like, the newspapers are the nail in the coffin. That it is, but the other stuff tracked with my wife left me. I lost my yeah. job. I have nothing going for me. Sure, this is literally the only like furniture that I own, especially the fish. The fish really plays right into it. Uh, there's like there seems to be a certain level of compassion of he actually takes care of this thing because it's alive. Uh, but it's crazy. Which is anyway. funny. Be- well, that's an important detail though because that also introduces doubt. Mm-hmm. It does. There's a, there is a there is doubt all the way through because it's it's never actually stated for certain. That it's him, and he introduces more doubt because he has consistently said early on in the movie, "Me or someone that looks like me." Yeah, well, which is, is hugely important. Not a hundred percent the narrator, but he does at times delve deeply into unreliable narrator terror. Oh yeah, of course. But uh, and it's like, and the reason that they, I feel like that they did that final sequence the way they did, where it's Hugo weaving with long hair and getting into a car with. Uh, like hitchhiking into it. Clearly, this is the next victim. And it's like, but you're you're forced to ask yourself, him Uh, or someone that looks like him? Because he's planted this in your head 40 minutes earlier, and he keeps saying it subtly throughout the See, I couldn't tell if his hair was actually longer or if it's just the wind blowing it so rapidly. (laughs) I think it it was longer. No, it did look longer, but I just... The wind was whipping it so... So much that I wasn't a hundred percent sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, uh, I, I hear that. But uh, man, I just, I really liked it. I, I they also love this, the concept of, um, we have this cop who is, uh, we find out he's being investigated. Uh, it seems so clear that it's the other cop that's the bad guy that we need to worry about because he's such a hard on. Yeah. I uh, that the one that seems to be playing by the rules but he's really just playing by the rules enough to get by is the one that we really have to put under the microscope because he knows how to do this too well and get away with it where the other guy is just a hothead they looked like they were playing good cop bad cop but they were secretly playing bad cop bad cop bad cop worst cop (laughs) do you remember that line from the other guys not really it was such a stupid joke but it cracked me up the first time i saw it they're interrogating the billionaire guy who they think is a criminal, who is a criminal. And okay. he goes, we're going to go in there. You're going to be good. Mark Wahlberg is in. You're going to be good cop. I'm going to be bad cop. And they get in there, and Mark Wahlberg is getting in his face. And he's, you know, he's, And he goes, you know, he grabs him by the shirt, and he's shaking him. And he goes, I want to talk to him. He's reasonable. And he's pointing to Will Ferrell. And he goes, oh, you want to talk to me? Do you want to talk to me? And he's screaming, <laughs> yes. you want to talk to me? And he's trashing the room and they get thrown out and Mark Wahlberg goes what the hell was this he goes I don't know man you told me we were gonna do bad cop bad cop and I saw what you were doing and I knew I had to come in even more of a top he goes bad cop bad cop what are you talking about (laughs) oh man that's so great uh yeah so the uh what I really one of my favorite things about this is uh it's kind of like this two sides of the same coin thing. It's this whole Batman Joker thing. They're both, they're both like Hugo Weaving is playing the game of he knows that they've done some things wrong in the interview. He basically knows he's going to walk early on and he's playing the game to get himself to walk because he knows enough about the law to do so. And that's why I brought up law abiding citizen because 
that was like that's the where, same playbook. That sound okay. I I definitely I'm I'm now ninety percent certain that I've seen that movie. Yeah, <laughs> the, the whole po- now the the intent was different, but the whole point of Law Abiding Citizen was he was trying to point out a lot of the flaws in the legal system. Right. Whereas the you know Hugo Weaving character wasn't doing that on some like stand of morality. No. It, he, on the joke, on the Joker knowledge. stance of just because he can. Yeah, both of them were using their knowledge of the rules and the loopholes in those rules, right? In order to benefit themselves. The mm-hmm. reasons are different, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. And then, um, yeah, so uh, and then the cop is uh, he he's just all frustrated that they're gonna basically let this guy walk and uses the same tactic, but you're supposed to you're supposed to feel like he's a little bit more justified, I guess, because he's technically the good guy in the room at this present moment. But it's like, it just keeps raising this questions of like, do the means justify the ends like of how they're going about the, like the things that they're doing. Yeah. And it's, I don't know. It's just a really, it's, I, I think it's just an incredibly well done story while a certain aspect of it is i think like the uh the the whole thing that you mentioned of it like basically being the usual suspects ending like yeah totally completely agree with you on that i what i like about the movie though is that while that's a fun ending and not fun but i don't know how else to describe it it's like a good ending it's a solid uh cap to the story that's not really what the story is about it's more about this like bastardizing the system and how the system is inherently broken because of the way that both parties are having to operate within it because they ha- they can't change it so they they're, they're manipulating the system with their actions it's just such a it's just super intense see that was again i i appreciate that but i felt like they introduced that dynamic too late in the film hmm i thought that was something that they needed to start like honestly this is the type of movie that maybe would have benefited with knowing something about the cop before the arrest was made. I don't know. I disagree. I, 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 I'm, I really, there's no way to actually, uh, to validate this, but it seems that a lot of these issues could have potentially been overlooked with seeing it straight through without distraction and understanding everything that was being said. Maybe, but I mean, like, I mean, I, I had the gist of what was going on. Like, Mm -hmm. but that's, that's the thing. It's not actually a complicated story. It's so not, which is why if, I feel like I didn't really miss anything. But that's the well, it seems like you got a lot of those hints later on in the movie. If you were if you were up to speed on them going in, you're able to focus on how like how these characters are approaching the situation, pretty much knowing who they are. The only one that is a gray area for me throughout is Hugo Weaving, because you don't know for sure. And again, it's because he places the doubt in you of like, is he actually this bad guy everybody else i feel like you kind of get to know early on and you're able to kind of understand exactly where they're coming from with their decisions and why they do certain things well when did they tip off then that he had compliance issues and was going to be overwatched by like their internal affairs uh the tip off happens somewhere along the round uh along the time when um the uh, hot-headed prior says something to the reporter and you can you start to get some hint that like oh it seems like Pryor's just trying to get one over on him and then uh the reporter says something about like 
some previous issue that the guy has had. Did I, I can't, why, did I miss why can't a section I of, of this movie? Because I have no memory of that interaction. And you don't, do you remember when the, do you remember, what's the, what's the cop's name? Why can't I think of his name? Steel? Well, Steel. How did I forget that the cop's name is Steel? <laughs> what, do you recall when Steel pulled Pryor out and slammed him up against the wall? No. Oh, okay. You missed an entire portion of the movie then. Then that explains my confusion. Yeah, this is, this is all fairly early. I don't remember that at all. Okay, so that's that's probably why why you were lost. Like that doesn't even sound familiar to me. Like, oh yeah, yeah I guess I forgot that. He happened. goes, let's he goes, let's go take a walk. And he, him and Pryor go outside. They go upstairs and they go outside in the building. And he grabs him by the shirt and he throws him up against the wall and he starts choking him with his arm. And you're like, oh, this guy's aggressive. And then he's like, don't he's like, don't basically don't you ever like question me or like tip somebody off on me when I'm the one that's trying to do things like, and get things done. Like he's it's, it's intense. And it's like, it seems maybe a little bit like, it's just like the classic, like IA issue within a cop drama, yeah. but there's more to it, obviously from how aggressive he is in that scene. Okay. I mean, that, that makes some sense. Um, I, it does kind of cut through a little bit of my confusion with the whole situation, but even if you like want to backdate that timeline to me, I still feel like it it all wrapped up very quickly that storyline where I feel like they had a lot to say about like this this movie clearly had a message it wanted to to say in addition to what was going on about the nature of these relationships between mm-hmm. you know the law enforcement and the people who they are supposedly protecting versus the people that they should be arresting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, what's his name even has a little, a phony little diatribe about it, right? Hugo Weaving has a phony little diatribe about, you know, oh, you know, you read about this in the newspaper and you just think, well, they must be crooks. And, it, and I was like, okay, well, that seems a little phony. But the thing is, overall, you can see that the movie is trying to get at that, right? And even like the internal politicking of police precincts and, the ends justifying the means versus doing things by the letter of the, the, the law and whether those two things can exist at the same time or whether one is better than the other. And mm-hmm. it never reveals a conclusion on that stand front. It didn't spend enough time delving into it. It felt like some of it was lip service. Like there are ideas there for sure. I don't think the execution was particularly strong. Yeah. It's, it's uh, interesting. I, I, I just I disagree. I uh, I think what we get out of Steel is uh, he has a the way that they unfold his character and his past to you uh, while they while not going into details, you realize you you learn that he has done things in the past that have been under investigation. Yeah, you find out that um, more than once in the past couple of years he's been in an interview uh, based on his behavior. You don't know specifically what he's done, but you get a he- a sense of how aggressive he can be with that scene. Again, uh, throwing back, going back to the roof where he pushes the uh, prior against the wall. But you're like, okay, so he can get aggressive. So you have to start to doubt him and his motives and how far he'll go. And then what you you were basically getting to is this is he's basically just a jaded cop, jaded by the system, who is constantly brought in to get results, but then feels like his hands are tied. And that was um, well, that part I got because he literally said the words. 
Sure. But <laughs> the uh, what you don't know is the lengths that he'll go to. And you're you're curious exactly how far he'll go. And they don't reveal that hand until the very end where he'll feed the story to the reporter, uh, basically knowing that he's probably getting, you know, let go after this stuff leaks out because he's the only person that knows it. Uh, and it's like he's go he by the end of the movie, he goes rogue. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting. There is an um, I think that that's actually really cool. That's a it's a I think that's a solid story. And it's uh, we I think there's a lot of depth to that character for that reason, because like you're supposed to it. it he's not the bad guy. He's not the best guy. But in the room, he is technically the good guy. It's just that he's not going about things the right way. But he again, he mentioned his hands are tied. He feels that way. He feels cornered, basically. And he still wants to get the bad guy or in his mind who the bad guy is and seeing what lengths he'll go to and how far he'll take it. Uh, it's like it's again, it's it's the whole Batman Joker thing of like if you keep pushing Batman, eventually, does he just become a villain with the actions that he does? Like if he if, if he just slips over into the side of killing someone, isn't he just as bad as the villains? And I feel like we're pushing this cop to that point uh, with the way that the system is working against him. And uh, just like every time that he has to do something against code a little bit, it gets worse and worse. Like it kind of escalates a little bit more. Um, there's an actually, a, I, I See, found but that's the thing though, is that's the sort of thing that you want to explore that sense that the guy who's going to cut the corner, who's going to go too far. And if he's going to keep cutting the corner going too far, when does it come to fruition? And it doesn't feel like that really happens. It does. It doesn't come to fruition because you're. Yeah, you're right. You're, we are left hanging by the end there. But I think there's something in that ending of the uncertainty, and then kind of wondering how far will this guy go? Like, how crazy can this get? Uh, what's his next play? Like, is he going to leave it there? Because he doesn't seem like the type of guy that's actually going to leave it there. Maybe he's going to actually go off the gun and badge and, like, I don't know, go after this guy or something. Um, I was going down that road. And I, I kind of liked that ending. So I'm, I'm I'm hit or miss with the open adjacent ending, which is what this is, um, where, like, the, we have the answers by the end, in my opinion, on who these people are. Uh, we just don't know where it goes next. And I see it feels like that's what you're mostly uh, frustrated with is like, there is not actually a full on conclusion to this storyline. Does that, is that accurate? Um, No, be- well, for one thing, I kind of figured it was going to end with him walking out, giving you some inclination that it was him. I said, and now this is going to end with him selecting his next victim. So I called it mm-hmm. verbatim. So I was fine with that because one, I saw it coming, and two, it actually did make sense for what was going on, considering you never get really clear picture of whether or not he's telling you the truth on any of it, but it seems more likely than not that that's the case. Mm-hmm. So I was good with that. No, my bigger issue with the resolution to the story has to do with the cop storyline and how it pushes the weaving storyline to the side for like significant chunks around the climax of the movie. Hmm. And I just didn't feel like it was 100% earned. Now, part of that was me missing it. But even now, thinking back at it, now that I know 
oh, it should have been roughly here, insert here where that should have been. It's still, like, I was never confused. Sure. Like, I got what was going on. It just never felt like it mattered until all of a sudden it mattered to everyone. Uh, I I felt like watching it uh, going into the movie when I put it on and having read the synopsis that was on Netflix, not the one on IMDb, which is just garbage. Uh, I I went in totally cold. I just saw the little synopsis on Netflix saying... I thought that I was going in for a Hugo Weaving driven... uh, Like, he's like the the prime character. He's like, he's the lead role. That's what my intent... That's what I assumed going in. It within 20 minutes, it became clear to me that it's a co-led movie and that there's two storylines going on. That's fine. It just felt like for me, one of those storylines took too long to get fully off the ground. And then that's the one that paid off at the end. But it didn't feel like the payoff was 100% earned. Hmm. Um, I, I, yeah, I didn't have a problem with the fact that one person was the lead of the other. That could be a really interesting storyline. You could do a really interesting storyline on what cops might be corrupt or not, and whether or not that that holds, whether or not they need to investigate how far that is going, you know, oh, like you said, and justify the means versus, you know, letter of the law and all that sort of stuff. And is he the bad guy or is he the good guy? Is he somewhere in between? Like mm-hmm. what, what you were talking about is, I don't know. I just... I I didn't feel like they went deep enough into that situation. Mm. I just felt like it was a little bit too much on the surface. I feel like they paid lip service to some of those ideas. Uh, it's a, that's interesting because it, it did. It felt more to me like uh, it, you know how similar to how um, Hugo Weaving's character when he takes control of the room and there's a switch, and then you start to be like. It takes you a second, but then you grab you like you get your footing and like, oh man, this guy's actually kind of crazy. Uh, we're starting to really understand who he is, and the only thing we get more with uh, his character is that he switches back and forth a couple times, so you know that he's unreliable. Yeah. Uh, with the cop, you are just fed hints throughout that he's unhinged up until the point where, like, there's he makes one action again that you didn't you don't recall, but he makes that one action that is clearly unhinged, where it's a physical aggressive move against somebody else. But it's just that, and you think that maybe he bottles it up right after that. Yeah. But uh, he then goes unhinged again with recording, like more more unhinged than actually throwing the guy against the wall. Recording the conversation that he had with another cop in his interview on his own little recording device. And then feeding that information to um, feeding the interview with Hugo Weaving's character to the reporter. Like those are very bad things that he did. Like, and like he, that's like the extent of like, he's not a murderer, but he's at the upper level of the bad things that he seems that he can probably do. Uh, I I thought that I liked the way that they went about that. There is one thing that I came across that I'm kind of curious what you think about. Um, There's an alternate ending to this movie. Really? And in that alternate ending, uh, Hugo Weaving, again, gets out of jail. Similar thing where he, uh, you know, he tie and all that stuff. But he's walking down the street and he hitches a ride. And the person that picks him up is the reporter. <laughs> and as they're driving away, you see Steele follow them. Well, that would attract what they said at the end. Because the reporter comes around the pillar and he's kind of watching him. And they said that there was, what... 
four police officers and two trail cars or something like that who were going to follow him around for a long time. Yeah. Yep. But I don't know. That's that's kind of cool. Uh, an interesting tidbit of a of an alternate. I feel like the only the only thing that that alternate ending gives you is it's um it's probably it's a little bit it's a little bit more definitive. I feel like than what they were going for, which is probably why they pulled back um, into what it ultimately. I was a, I, I will say I was a little confused about the specifics of him tying the tie as he's walking down the street. I'm not entirely sure what that was supposed to symbolize. I, I, you know what bothered me about that? I, I, I is he didn't. I, I, he I know he changed before he left, but he was never wearing a tie or or a suit jacket. I don't or think. no, he put on slacks. Yeah, but that was about it. He didn't even change his shirt. I don't think. No, but it was some sort of button down. Yeah, that was, that that was a little bit that was a little weird. But anyway, uh, I don't think I have many, if any, more notes. Let me just take a quick look here. Um. Oh, th- this is actually pretty cool. I uh, pulled this from IMDb under the trivia section. Uh, at the beginning of the New Yorker video DVD, right before the main menu appears. Oh, let me open this up so that I get the whole thing for you. This is pretty cool. Uh, at the beginning of the New Yorker video DVD, right before the main menu appears, a quote of Eddie Fleming fills the screen. It says, just goes to show you how the mind works. At the very end, after the, cro- after the credits roll, a quote of Detective Steele fills the screen. I don't know, Mr. Fleming. How does the mind work? But if you run the end credits a second time, a different quote appears at the end from Detective Pryor that says it's about a fucking stolen car, you fucking fuck with. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a great line. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I, 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 that, what dawned on me reading that, I was like, do you, I don't know if you like ever really got into this, but for a long time, I was super into the DVD Easter eggs. There's so, like there's so many DVDs that have like little hidden things in them. Yeah, I always like want to delve into some of those things for certain movies, and I just never ever do. Yeah, yeah. I'm always but. like, oh, you know, new Star Wars with twenty episodes, like twenty minutes of like behind the scene footage and like interviews. I'm like, oh, that's something that'd be cool to watch one day. Never watch it, and you never do it. Yeah, I've got uh, of the whatever ridiculous number of movies I have. There's obviously a bonus disc that goes with all of them, and I maybe have watched two or three <laughs> things from some of them. You know which one I des- desperately want to watch? It's the one for Armageddon. <laughs> what is that again? I know there's a whole there's a thing about this. Oh yeah, because there's a, like, and I've seen the clip, and it, it is great. And even though I don't like. I mean, I'm able to parse to some extent, right? Um, I don't have an issue with Ben Affleck, the director. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny because I've always had the, the perception that he's kind of an idiot. Um, he's definitely an asshole. But I always have the perception he's an idiot. And maybe he's smarter than I, I realized, especially about filmmaking. And he has made good movies. The Town, yeah. Argo, you know, whatever. It's like, yeah, I can't take that away from him. They, He's done a legitimately good job at making movies. Yeah. And so on the arm, like the Armageddon, like uh, commentary, he's just like poking holes in the script that Bay is working. Oh, with right. And right. All that sort okay. Of stuff. And he's like, I don't remember what the specific line was, but he says like, hey, Michael, like, does this make this doesn't make any sense why they're doing this thing or whatever. And he just like turns and Ben, shut the fuck up. Shut <laughs> the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. And it's just Ben Affleck clearly. Talking so down to Michael Bay yep. in the whole like director comment. Like I've seen like a two minute clip, I've seen like a more expanded, like five minute version of that clip. 
I, I honestly, I would, I would pay to watch him watching the movie and just talking shit about it nonstop. <laughs> I, and, and and I enjoy Armageddon. Like it's not a good movie. It is a fun as hell movie. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I very much enjoy the movie. It would be funny to watch him just Definitely. rip it like scene by scene. I'd be down with that. Like, let's pause this here. Let me tell you why this was fucking stupid. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, fair enough. I'm here to hear it. That's yeah. I, I've watched um I feel like when DVDs like the early age of DVDs, when I didn't have many because I couldn't afford them, I would watch like the hell out of every piece of content that I could get on them. So uh I could. I would like to go back into some of that stuff. That that definitely sounds like something fun to watch. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm always a sucker for a gag reel, though. A gag reel or bloopers, love oh, those. Especially love those. if it's during the end credits. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what, actually, else? you know what the other one I would want the DVD commentary for is the Abyss. Have you hmm. ever heard about that? I think I've the, the heard about the commentary. No, I think I saw the movie like a hundred years ago. Well, uh, no, I don't think there's a commentary, but there's been a million stories and interviews that have leaked from that in which, like, some of the actors and actresses almost died. Oh, my God. I think Ed Harris beat the shit out of James Cameron. Ed Harris <laughs> had a mental breakdown or something like that at one point. Like, Dang. Uh, the, I forget who it is who plays the, the, the female lead. She almost drowned during filming, like. Jesus. It like apparently it was so dangerous, so poorly done that like multiple actors and actresses have like and I'm not even like like joking and banding about the word like have PTSD for making this movie. That's crazy. I did not know about that. Yeah, I yeah, I had heard something about it like a long time ago. Totally forgot about it. I read something a couple of days ago. I was like, oh, like this is this kind of tracks with something I've heard in the past that there was something going on with that movie. I'd love to hear more in depth, like what the, that crazy was all about. That's funny. Uh, anything else on the interview before we wrap it up? I wanted to like it more than I did. And maybe my 5.5 was slightly too harsh, but I don't know. It just like, even what we talked through, like mm-hmm. I know that I missed something and it's like, okay, like there is something there. And like, I get it. Something still just doesn't feel right to me. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, I will. Uh, I am happy to say that I've got another movie. That's that's, that's up there on my list. I feel I, I one day I will have to I really do have to make like a, a top 10 list, which I feel like will be easier to do if I don't actually rank them in top 10 order, but just choose my the, top 10 movies, the top 10 in whatever order. Yeah, I feel like this is th- there's something really I re- this one really clicked with me and I, I adore it and I can't wait to watch it again. Uh, that's all for this week's episode of Flicks in the Six. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, if you have a movie for us to review or nuggets for us to discuss, you can send those requests to flicks in a six at spoontune.com or tweet us at the spoontune. Tune in next week for more movie and beer goodness. Until then, I'm Anthony Costanzo. I'm Al Thanks for coming out. <laughs>